This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good evening, good evening. Yes, it's that time for a journalism strudel served with comedic puff pastry and a thick, rich sauce of shoddiness. Recorded live from London today, Sunday, May the 14th. Yes, I am in London. If you weren't listening last week, why? Why weren't you listening? Don't I matter to you? What am I? Hmm? Just some stupid little voice in a box. Well, I've got feelings. Um, yeah, if you weren't listening last week, you will not be aware that I am in London for the whole of summer. Um, but in an effort to keep the show going and uh, the fine, beautiful existence that it is, this weekly claptrap is not going to leave you. And of course, you can download it as well if you need to uh, take a Vinny in your pocket. Go to vinnywhite.co.uk, vinnywhite.co.uk to download the podcast. So here I am in London. I'm here for the whole of summer for a family issue, which sounds incredibly ominous, but don't worry, it really isn't. Um, But uh, one of the really weird things that I'm going through is I miss Toronto a bit, and uh, I'm suffering what they call reverse culture shock, which is exactly what it signifies. It's being culturally shocked in reverse, because I shouldn't be, because I'm from here, but... Yeah, it's changed a bit over the years, and also, I've never really lived in central London, which is where I am at the moment, and it is mental. It is absolutely mental. It's just so hectic and busy all the time. If you want to look at humanity, you know in Toronto, there's Bay Street with a financial hub. Well, here in London, there's there's two major financial hubs. There's Canary Wharf and the Liverpool Street Bank area, so near the Bank of England. There's a place called uh, Liverpool Street, and that's the station that brings in thousands, hundreds and thousands of commuters every day. And at 5.05, I found myself outside Liverpool Street Station the other day, and obviously the offices had just kicked out. It is quite an amazing thing to see, actually. Thousands upon thousands of pale-skinned clones marching in unison, at great speed for their train out of the city. Overweight older men, red-faced with stress, senior bankers and corporate lawyers, programmed like a computer to walk at the speed that they need to to get their train packed full of other high-earning people ignoring each other. Sort of stuck, really, in a life that's a self-made prison with handmade walls. Many of them have got older children in boarding school lined up to go to Cambridge or Oxford, which, ironically, is then going to mean that after that they may well too become slaves in the financial system. Like banking ants scrambling for underground holes, a mass office exodus, human traffic that knows its exact way to the train station but has kind of forgotten its way through life. They should get school children to go and sit there and observe it. Just observe the madness. Hundreds of thousands of rude, obnoxious, and some, albeit very nice, people, but locked in a peculiar life for decades on end. Yeah, they should get kids to look at that, to prepare them for the grim reality of the rat race and start planting the seeds of an alternative life. Just to look at the madness. It's quite shocking actually like I just bum around on a bicycle and usually live in Kensington Market so I'm a bit of a hippie by modern standards so to see it 
just the sheer weight of human traffic was quite amazing. So there's that. But the real reverse culture shock that I'm suffering is customer service. Now, if you've been to Britain, you'll know that customer service is not quite... <laughs> Not quite what you expect. I'll give you an example. I went for a curry the other day in Brick Lane. It's one thing they do very well here because uh, we've got such a massive Indian population. So I went to Brick Lane. And as you know, like in North America, customer service is fantastic. And if you don't know that, that's probably because you haven't traveled that much. But trust me, you've, you've got that one well done. And so like you're always right in North America. You're always the customer that is right. And you'll always come first. And I think they teach you. I've never been a, a waiter or a server, whatever you call them. But I think they teach you, if the customer's coming the other way, always make way for them, right? It's in Brick Lane the other day, and I went downstairs to use the bathroom. And there's loads of whole sort of dining table area down there as well. And as I'm coming up, the waiter is at the top of the stairs. And normally, like, if it was Canada, he would have waited for me and gone uh, something like, I don't know, I hope you enjoyed your meal. Have a great day. See you next time. Blah, blah, blah. Just bowled down. Just started bowling himself down the stairs. There's not enough room for two people. So he pinned me against the wall. And I'm like, oh, excuse you. And he's like, just annoyed by my very presence, even though I've just eaten a curry there and spent loads of money. And then I realised he was leading a group of 10 people. So then another 10 people came down. I'm pinned to the wall. And all of them just like bashing me by. I'm not used to that. Do you know who I am? I'm a, I'm a customer. I'm a paying customer. You can't treat me like this. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's just how things are. Forgot about that, you know. <laughs> like, when you're queuing up for the supermarket, like, it's, you know, those annoying tills that are self that you man yourself, like where you have to scan your own item. I've got loads of them. And there's one, one dude who's also there manning his own little... Till, right in North America, he go. Who can I help next? This guy. Who's next? Come on! I haven't got all day. Come on! I'm just not used to it. Just need to lie down more. Can't cope with the pace here. I'm like a. Have you ever seen the film Zootopia? <laughs> I feel like the rabbit in that on day one. Big city, and can't cope with the madness. So anyway, I'll keep you posted about things here. But the show won't change, really. Amanda Capito's coming on later on. We'll get her on a high-quality line. And it'll be like I'm in the studio there in Canada with her, I hope. Uh, and we'll look at our usual shenanigans over the next hour. Keep up to date with the world. What's happened this week? Uh, we had a cyber attack that no one really understands, apart from the guy that made it, who didn't make it that well, because some 22-year-old British nerd was in his bedroom and found a way of fixing it, which is great news. Uh, until it comes back. So, good to know that that's going on. And all the news agencies not really understanding it either. It's one of those times where they can go, oh, I don't know much about IT. I know even less. I know even less. If only we had an expert. Yeah, get an expert. Get one. Yeah. In our latest edition of our newish feature, what has Donald Trump done recently to take humanity and give it a swift kick in the nuts? Uh, the latest is he sacked the director of the FBI. Uh, why? Oh, this is why. Look, he's a showboat. He's a grandstander. The FBI has been in turmoil. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. You take a look at the FBI a year ago. It was in virtual turmoil less than a year ago. 
it hasn't recovered from that. Monday, you met with the Deputy Attorney General, Rod Rosenstein. Right. Did you ask for a recommendation? Uh, what I did is I was going to fire Comey. My decision. It was not... You had made the decision before they came in the I, room. I was going to fire Comey. Uh, I, there's no good time to do it, by the way. So there you are, Trump's decision. Even though the White House said it was a group decision. Also, just over a week ago, the White House press secretary and horticulture expert, Sean Spicer, a man who is paid to speak for a living, I still can't quite get my head around that, because it does appear to me he hasn't quite mastered the procedure of actually moving your mouth to make competent, reasonable sentences. But that is this administration all over, isn't it? The president has confidence in the director, said Sean Spicer, just over a week ago. I'll say that again. The president has confidence in the director. The White House said on Wednesday that Trump has had an erosion of confidence in the FBI director over the past several months. So that makes sense then. White House officials are scrambling to justify the timing, insisting that Comey lost his job just because of his conduct in the probe to old Hillary's handling of classified information last year. They said it was nothing to do with the FBI's probe into Russian meddling. Couldn't possibly be doing anything about that whole 2016 election and the fact that the Russians might possibly have been involved and the fact that we're investigating that. I'm sure it's got nothing to do with any of that. And uh, so that's all fine. And look over there, there's a badger. Oh, look at that. You don't see many of those. Oh, look at that. Also up that tree, just over there behind uh, the bush, which apparently Sean Spicer is hiding in, is a squirrel. So do keep your eyes on that. Thank you. End of meeting. Goodbye. Good night. Thanks for coming. Ta-da now. Lovely. Bye-bye. All right. So presumably Putin, of course, knows nothing about this, right? Oh, no, he does. He was interviewed in uh, full hockey gear this week in Sochi. Putin, wearing the, his traditional number 11 shirt, overcame a spill to the ice shortly after the opening face-off, where he was actually playing. He's in his 60s. Um, he was playing hockey and uh, was directly involved in three of the game's first four goals in the first period. So... I'm sure that was just a normal game and he happens to be extremely good at it. And I'm sure that the other team weren't letting them in in fear of their waking bloody life. That didn't happen. That's fine. He's just very good at hockey and horse riding and swimming and shooting things and meddling in foreign elections. I'm sorry. Ignore the last bit. Anyway, when interviewed about this, I thought he'd just say, I don't know anything about it, it's America, in it? it's got nothing to do with me. Well, he did know quite a lot about it, actually, and perhaps just gave away that he was privately quite pleased about the fact that the FBI director had, in fact, just been fired. Uh, how will the firing of James Comey affect US-Russia relations? Your question looks very funny for me. President Trump is acting in accordance with his competence and in accordance with his law and constitution. And what about us? Why we? You see, I'm going to play hockey with the hockey fans. And I invite you to do the same. I'll be here and I'll be watching. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love that. You see, I'm going to play hockey with the hockey players and I invite you to do the same. When... Vladimir Putin says that to you. What he means is, you see, I'm going to play hockey with the hockey players and I invite you to do the same. Unless you want me to open the trap door that you're standing on, which has a pool underneath of very hungry sharks. I can open that. 
or you can come and watch me play hockey. Do you see what I'm saying? That's the sort of level that we work with with Vladimir, although I think he's a bit more into poisoning. <sighs> Tune in next week when uh, we're just that one step closer to Armageddon. Back in a minute. Just like the old days, the same old garbage and nonsense on this show. Amanda! Oh, wow. I'm garbage now. <laughs> so glad. Amanda Caputo, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm all right. We've got different Mother's Days and Father's Days here in the UK. Um, but, of course, my 10 years being there, I know that it is Mother's Day for you It today. is Mother's Day. Did you go out with Mummy? I did. I did a big brunch with my mom and my grandmothers. Knock on wood, they're both still kicking. Oh, yeah. Yes. And did you pay? <laughs> no. My <laughs> Terrible person. No, no. I got them gifts My and, like, the dads pay. What? The dads pay? Oh, yeah, the dad like, was there as well. My dad and then, like, all, I don't know, the men take care of it. <laughs> You're listening to 1952. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it goes. You still sound a bit raspy, mate. I know. Have you been shouting again? Yeah, I know. I'm always shouting. Mm. I told you, calm down on that. Blatant optimism and happiness. <laughs> take a take a depression pill. Oh man, you want to get down? <laughs> um, right. So I want to tell you something. Yep. You know, here I am in England for the whole of summer, right? Yes. And uh, I don't think it really changes the show. At least I hope it doesn't too much. Um, just gives me slightly different things to talk about. But you know what I can talk about in England, and this is one's going to blow you away. Yes. Tim Hortons. What? Tim Hortons opening there? Yeah. Yes, the we're going international. You really are. The CEO of the parent company of Tim Hortons is brushing off scepticism that British people will embrace its doubles, doubles and Timbits as it readies to open its first location in the UK next month. Wow. The coffee donut chain may be a national institution in Canada, but the country synonymous with tea time has a mixed reception. On social media, uh, it's been quite... A lot of people are quite excited about it. There's a lot of Canadians living in London. Right. So obviously they're like, oh my God, bring it, bring it, bring it. They're enough to keep one going already. Right. Right. What, was, wasn't this rumoured to happen like a year ago? Yeah. Did the BBC do a thing on this? I, th- I think I remember they started doing it in Ireland first. Mm, I think okay. there's one in, in in Dublin and one in Belfast. Don't quote me on that. But I think they that went okay. And they're like, right, UK, just keep going. I suppose they're slowly moving Rolling geographically east. You've got to go test it out then to see if it's just as good as it is here. Well, I will, but there's something that quite confused me about this. Oh, here we go. I can actually answer your question. The Glasgow opening, touted as a good fit, partly due to the city's high student population, is the first to come to the UK. Tim Hortons plans to expand a number of different UK locations over the next 12 months, though London is not among them. I think the rent's too high. Probably. Which is a shame, because the Canadian Embassy's here, and I think it'd be great if you could have a Tim Hortons just sort of built in. Right. Just right in there, make you feel at home. Um, but here's the bit I don't understand, right? Yes. Stand by. They're messing with it. To broaden its appeal, the coffee giant has expanded its menu with offerings that may be better for the Brits, such as chai lattes and espresso-based drinks known as a flat white. Right, first of all, doesn't everyone know what a flat white is? I, You know what? I don't think we call it flat white here. Like when I was in London, I was ordering flat whites, but it's not as popular here. What's it called here? I don't. There. <laughs> I'm so I, confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, but I because it's because it's. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's espresso shot with steamed milk. I think so. You got to know the flat whites. You're the Brit. I'm just an Americano guy. Yeah. Well, anyway, the point is, all chains do this though. 
when they go to a different place, they amend the menu. McDonald's all around the world is all different. But chai lattes. But we like chai lattes here, that for sure. You can't get them in Tim Hortons though, can you? I thought, but can you? Then they've they've unrolled their whole latte well, line. Yeah, I don't they've know. Gone a, they've gone a little bit snobberoony, haven't they? Yeah, because I noticed little... they do Americanos now as well on Tim Hortons. They do a lot of. They have a very extensive menu that I don't <laughs> not well versed with. Yeah. I just get the regular coffee. I like going in there with my own personal silver tray. <laughs> And some crockery and saying, um, I, I'm not riffraff. <laughs> Fill this up with English breakfast immediately. <laughs> Timbits are a weird thing because quite often, a little hint for you actually, if you're a Timbit lover, ask for one, they don't bother charging you. They can't be bothered. Yeah, or they just give you extra. Yeah. yeah. You ask for one, they go, oh, you must be poor. Give you three. Yeah. And then, because if you ask for three, they're going to charge you. Yeah. You ask for one, you get three for free. Yeah, it's true. Save money. At Tim Hortons, that and theft. Now they're going to get onto it, though, and they're going to start charging. Oh, I've ruined it for everyone. Don't make it so widespread. Uh, well, I feel like anyone that can actually put up with the gibberish that is this radio show <laughs> should be rewarded with the occasional treat. Okay. It's like it's a loyal... like your listeners are dogs now. It's like a... <laughs> Pavlov's. <laughs> I ring a bell, you watch them salivate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's like, no, I like to think of it as a reward scheme. You know, like supermarkets and uh, airlines have a reward scheme. I'll give you occasional ways of getting free stuff per, for being so bold as to put up with this claptrap. So the Timbit is just like yeah, that's a reward. A free one. Oh, I'll see if I can give you any more. Um, oh, I'll tell you what, Canadians. Go into your bank and say you're not going to pay them. Do you know what they do? They they just go, okay, you can have it for free. Did it with Scotiabank. Really? Yeah. I had enough money in my account. It's not that much. I don't want to tell you how much, but it was... Well, I don't mind. It's a few grand, right? And I said to my bank manager, you're making quite a lot of interest out of my money, right? Why am I paying a fee? And she went, all right, I'll just get rid of it then. What? I know. This, I wait, thought, is it checking do... or a savings? What was this? It's a business account, but it's mm. a checking business account. I don't know sense. if they would do that with a personal account. Well, give it a shot. I mean, I guess I'll try. Because you can always Because do... I hate those monthly fees. Yeah, or just say Tangerine do it for free, and they'll probably give you it at half price. No, bit... they're, they're not like phone companies where they're out to get each other. Like, they don't care. They're like, fine, go to them. So I found that their mentality is like... Well, I got very lucky then, because I, then I sort of asked not knowing that it would work, and she went, yeah, right, I'll just get rid of it. You must have just had someone who couldn't be bothered. She also found me quite physically attractive. Oh, think. there it because, is. There it is. The reason I say that, Amanda, is she had eyes. Yeah? So. Wait, so you're saying all women think you're attractive? You see me, mate. You know, oh. I remember last week when we were talking about masturbation in the workplace, you disappeared for 10 minutes. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's a lie. That is a blatant lie. That is a lie. Don't worry. Um, what else can I tell you? Patrick Swayze's dirty dancing jacket sold. $62,000. Wow. Did you like dancing? Are you, yeah. are you young enough? Yeah, I love dirty dancing. Uh, My young enough been... you mean old enough. Sorry, old enough. So Because you, you'd have been probably a teenager when that came out, would you? What well, year did it come out? Uh, yeah, you're asking. But anyway, I watched it several times. Young, old, I like it a lot. I feel like it was late 80s. Yeah, I think so. When were you born? 89. Yeah, so you probably you probably came out as you were a baby. But then I, my mom liked it, so I watched it when I was very young. Aren't there naughty scenes in it? Or am I thinking of Ghost? Ghost? Ghost is the one with the pottery wheel. Yes. And she's not just doing the pottery. <laughs> what was that? Did you bring a dog in? <laughs> was that uh, your sex noise? That was just... <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing then? You got a car horn in there? <laughs> Oh, get your hands on my... That's it. No. 
Anyway, Patrick Swayze's Dirty Dancing Jacket sold 62,500 American. So that's like getting on for nearly 100,000 Canadian nowadays. I'm surprised it didn't sell for more, to be honest. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's something to say. If you could have an item from a film, any movie, any item, the only rule is you're not allowed to resell it. So you can have it in your house. It doesn't matter what it's worth. You can have it. I'll buy it for you, but you're never allowed to sell it. This is so hard. So you could have Marilyn Monroe's dress. Because okay, then there's the like the question of, do you want something you can actually use? Like Marilyn Monroe's dress, I would hope to like you can use it fit if you want. in it. Yeah. yeah. You can do like, that. You get use of it. Or do you want something like really cool from Star Wars that you could just like keep on display because it's just like so crazy looking? Oh, I wouldn't mind the doors that go. Right? I'd like them. Just in the way of like coming into the kitchen. The entire Death Star. Oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> hang on a minute. First of all, it was fictional. Oh, you on the set? Yeah. The, you, the oh, thing. you're such a greedy. So I, I, I give you Marilyn Monroe's dress. You want basically a desert that's being that's being turned into an entire film set. I don't know. You said anything. I'm just trying to think of what would be really neat. I don't know the the blue necklace from the Titanic. Mm, That'd be cool to um, have. Yeah, it's a bit girly. I'd go for like one of the cars in Cannibal Run. Oh, one of the Lamborghinis or something. Yeah, yeah. See, but like, see, that's very practical of you. Yeah, you went for jewelry. Well, I would use that. I would wear that. It's something to say. Yeah, and it's a cool like I have roses locket or whatever. You could actually, I sort of breaks my rules a bit, but you could also make a hell of a lot of money out of it by just renting it out repeatedly. Oh, I'm allowed to rent it now? Uh, I'm trying to monetize my <laughs> fictional situation. I would never get it back. Are you kidding? Oh, my God. The DeLorean from Back to the Future. Oh, see? Duh. Like, see, these are things. That's cool. But you probably think it was a real time machine. Well, <laughs> there are. they do sell the DeLorean. Like, you can get the regular car. But not my point. You want the time machine my, version. My point is, I just want to check, because I know you can be quite gullible. Do you think the DeLorean was actually a genuine time machine? Wait, the DeLorean is a car. Yes. And then in the movie, they turned, they made it go back in time. Like Could, made, that is correct. But yeah. do you think that actually happened? Like, what do you mean it actually happened in the movie? Right. Do you think, if I was to give you the DeLorean that they used in the movie, that you would be capable of time travel? Well, no. Good. I'm just checking. Bit worried that you thought. Like it in might a be fictional possible. world, in the fictional world of the movie, like the movie, that's what that's what its purpose it's sold. I, I might be the most stupid conversation we've ever had. I think this is a really dumb question that you're asking me. Well, you're asking me. It if... was a flippant joke, really, because <laughs> you take everything so bloody seriously, as proved. Do I? Yeah. Moving on, Amanda Capito. Yes, uh, Vinnie White. As you know, I'm doing this show live from Europe for the whole of the summer while I'm here. We are doing a bit of bants, as always, on this weekly radio show. But you were recently in Europe. Yes. Where were you? I went what to Barcelona. Oh, good town. Good Yes. City. I went with some friends of mine. It was one of my friend's birthdays, and we went to go celebrate. He's from there, so. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Good food? Amazing food. It really, you know, honestly, I, it surpassed my expectations on all accords. Barcelona, mm. Spain. I, but specifically that city, like the beach, the history. I went to go see a soccer match. I want to go see Barcelona versus Espanyol. Versus who? Espanyol. Who's that? It's another local team. They actually their their stadium is also in Barcelona. Oh, is it? Yeah. They love a bit of footy, don't they? Oh, it was good. They were like lighting fires and smoke bombs. It was crazy. Yeah, it's not exactly the uh, health and safety situation no. <laughs> that you might get in Canada. It was a rowdy bunch. Where did you stay? 
So we actually, we stayed in Airbnb with the group. My group of friends are all actually living in London. So mm. they just went over for a weekend and I went for a couple extra days and like stayed later. Mm. Um, so actually funny story is that once they left, I had to book myself a hotel just for me. Mm. So I just wanted to book something that was as close to the Airbnb as possible. So I didn't have to have a big ordeal with moving mm. and, and going across the city. So I just looked at the radius of what was the closest hotel. And it turns out, I booked a love hotel. Oh. <laughs> do you know? Do you know I think I do. I think a lot It actually of... just says love at the end. I didn't know what that meant. I just thought, oh, it's love. They have these in Latin America as well. Because a lot of people live with their family to quite a late age, it's quite difficult to find a place to do your canoodling. This was like a sex hotel. Sex hotel. You could rent rooms by the hour. And there's like in, a... In case you want a quick nap. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that. And like... Okay, okay. The thing is, I didn't know it was this. Okay, so I walked in with my f- girlfriend. Yeah. My friend, who is a girl. Right, just to clear that up. <laughs> to clear that up. Um, she was just dropping her luggage because we were going to go for the day, but she was leaving that day. And then I was just staying the night. Anyway, when we walked in, there was like this cheesy love music playing. And there was all like little rooms in the lobby that you could pull a curtain and close. Mm-hmm. And I already thought like, oh, that's odd. What? what well, okay, whatever. Like maybe it's just the decor. And then I noticed that the... There was these um, door handles, you know, like the do not disturb handles, mm. uh, tags. Mm. But it said like super lovers, <laughs> like super what? lovers welcome and stuff. What What does that mean? I don't know. How I, How do you g- get to be classified as a super lover? Well, I like to think of myself as well. <laughs> I think everyone does. Well, I got one of the door handles, so I guess I am Did too. you bring it home? Yeah, I did. You <laughs> Put know it on I your did. own bedroom. You know I did. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just, <laughs> I was, I was, I was kind of clocking everything and my friend was kind of just moving through she didn't really notice and then i i, I started pointing out I'm like wait this this like, the music is really what is this and then we i had to ask i was like sorry wait is this like a a love hotel of some sort like lovers for lovers mm. and the uh, concierge was like actually yeah and we have to approve people at the door usually and does that mean that they, I presume they thought that you knew what you were doing and you were lesbians when you walked well, in? Well, for sure he thought probably thought we were lesbians when we walked in. Yeah. But then I was saying, oh, she's not staying the night. She's just dropping her luggage. And he was like, oh, you could tell he was confused. This is why I had to like clear, clear We've just had an argument. She doesn't love me anymore. <laughs> she's out. I'm in the love hotel just was, for myself. I told her I was keen on men and she, she said there's no point. <laughs> yeah. So... Then he then he was like, no, no, some people stay here like a regular hotel. I think he was just trying to make oh, me feel better. Hang on a minute. I think you're about to do an accent. No. Oh, he's really looking forward no, to that. No, because he was actually Italian. Oh, just to confuse it. Yeah. Anyway, but he just said that people, he's like, some people come here just regular, like a regular hotel. And I was uh, like, do they though? I, I honestly don't think that was. Was it clean? Yeah, actually, I felt it was very clean. It's weird that I think it wouldn't be because just because there's lots of people going in and out and having sex, there I know, but doesn't and mean that's to say what, it should be cl- dirty. My just, mother wrote said the exact same thing back to me when she was like, "Oh my gosh, it must have been so dirty. That's gross." But if anything, I was like, first off, any hotel you go to, you have to believe that a million people have had sex on that bed. Fact. So what's the difference? Don't ever buy black light. <laughs> Ooh. Doesn't matter how curious you are, you don't need to know. And if anything, they have to keep the standards high because they want people to come back, right? Like if you Exactly. So they and, need and they to probably be... nowadays get online um reviews. Reviews, yeah. And from so from a sex hotel advisor. Even the toilet, which I found interesting, had this like 
tape around the lid that said this has been disinfected. Which oh. at regular hotels you don't get that. No, you so don't they know go if the toilet is above and beyond. Yeah. So in a way, they're probably cleaner. If you're listening in Spain and you don't know where to check in, get yourself a sex hotel. <laughs> when your friend left and you were talking to the Italian guy, did he say, mm, "I don't really want you staying here"? Then no, no, he was really nice. So he really meant it. He's like people do just stay here. Yeah, but yeah. but maybe was he just saying that to me because I was like this? I also feel like I can I I tend to get away with a lot. Like they're not gonna kick put send me out on the streets. No, of course not. Right. In Nicaragua, where they have a sort of similar thing, they're called auto hotels because you drive in. They're a bit like sort of American motels. But what they do, because a lot of people are there that probably shouldn't be there, possibly with people they shouldn't be with, mm. when you drive into the parking lot, can't see anything. They shut the gates behind you because otherwise your wife might drive by and go, I saw your car. Oh, yeah. I know what you're up to. So yeah. they're, they're quite private. And they've got all blacked out windows. So I've never been in one, yes. but they're, they're proper. I would imagine they're quite seedy there. And there was a lot of privacy in this hotel too. The windows, even if you open them, there were still extra blinds. Mm. So, so it was blinds and then you could open them, but there was extra shutters. So you could have the window open and have air going through, but there was like a layer of shutters. So you can't see into the room. Uh, and then even the drop off with the car was like this back end alley, like dark and covered. And it was all black. Like the entrance was all black. Like no windows in the entrance of the hotel to the lobby. Yeah. Well, you live to tell the tale. Yes. Do you know that Barcelona is so popular with tourists that they're actually trying to find ways of making it less popular? Really? Yeah. It's become so difficult to get around. One When I was there, I was there last year, God, I got so annoyed. Like, you know, tour groups that are being told about the importance of the history of the yeah. building they're standing in front of. Obviously, there's a massive amount of marks, like La Guarda Familia, which is the big cathedral that's still being built. Gaudi used to live there, so there's all that amazing architecture from him. Plus, yes. it's just Spain, right? So there's loads of beautiful yeah, architecture. everything's everywhere. beautiful, it's yeah. Just, it's almost Disney beautiful, isn't yeah. it? But without the cheese. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I was walking around, and I got so annoyed. There was a woman, a German woman, Right, and she was te- she was doing a group tour. They're standing all across the sidewalk, so you couldn't walk past them. She had a bloody microphone and a, and a speaker. So as if it wasn't like loud enough, her banging on, she amplified herself and was going on about the building. Oh, like, how annoying is that? They cha- I don't know if this has changed or if that was just an odd one, but now what they do? Because I went to Sagrada Familia too, the church, and they. They give these people earphones, like little little earphones and a little transmitter, and then they have a microphone, but it's not being amplified. It's just right, it's going into, into their the ears. And that's what everyone used. So there's all these tours going on at the same time, but everyone just had their own little Got earbuds it. in. Totally fine. That was that. great. Yeah. Also, speaking of that church, you know what they do there? And this is something that two things that you would never see anywhere else. I mean, that I've never seen anywhere else. Mm. Number one, they have very strict limits on how many people can go to said tourist um, attractions. So a park, like Park Guell, which is the park that Gaudi, the famous architect, designed, uh, it's sold out at 4 p.m. Sold out. Can't go to the park. What do you mean I'm sold out? I can't go into the park. <laughs> like, you had to get tickets to go in the park. Yeah, and then it was sold out midday. Like, oh. what do you mean? I didn't know park tickets could sell out. And then the church also sold out. You had to buy tickets in advance. Cathedral. So the cath- it was, yeah, is it a cathedral basilica? It's, was it technically, it yes. It will be a cathedral. It's still not anyway, finished, is it? No, it's not. They're, they're aiming for 2026. I, I'm sure that's changed. It's like... it's That's the 100 years of his death, of Gaudi's death. That's Oh, is that right? That's what they're aiming I, for I'm, now. I could have sworn it used to be 
they were aiming for like 80 years of his death and then 90 years of yeah, his I death. Yeah, it keeps changing. Because it's quite a lot to build that. Okay, but this is nuts though. They have scalpers selling tickets to get into the church hovering out front of the church. Like we have that with sports games. They have it with the church. Cathedral. The cathedral, whatever. You know what I mean. They would be disgusted to hear. If it's not yet a cathedral, then I'm allowed to call it a church. All right, construction site. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's amazing. Yeah. Like... For double the price, it, it costs 20 euros to go in, and then you have people whispering, like, do you want to go in? I have 40. I'll sell it to you for 40 euros. Oh. I had to pay 40 euros to oh, go so in. Oh, so you did? I had to. Black market. Yeah, black market tickets to get in. Just a glad familia. <laughs> I told you, the Catholic church is broken. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, for, um, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Evidently, we can do this show from anywhere. Anywhere. I think we sound just fab. Except for my raspy voice. It's getting, I think it's getting better. Yeah, better. Ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the laugh I like. <laughs> I might make it my ringtone. Oh, God. Take care, love. Speak to you soon. Bye. This is the Venny White Show on In Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. News Talk 1010, Vinnie White is here, live-ish, from London, as I am here for summer before I return to Toronto, to my homestead, my haven. Although this is apparently home, but is it? I mean, is it? Is it, though? I mean, is it? No, is it? Yeah, I'm sort of having an identity crisis as I go through reverse culture shock. Ten years of living in Canada, I come back here to London, and I'm not quite sure... If I can cope with the sheer pace of it. Didn't realise it was quite this bonkers. Think it's got even more bonkers in the last 10 years. This morning though, a little bit of light relief. Um, There was a man on the train behind me. And he had his headphones on full blast. He didn't know therefore that his nose was squeaking. Squeakiest nose I've ever heard. It was like a... It's like someone had wedged a small flute... Maybe a Peruvian nose flute up his nose. And every time he breathed out, and he couldn't hear it because his headphones were quite loud, you heard this. And then every time he breathed in, you heard this. It was amazing. Never knew a nose could whistle that much. I mean, it was terribly embarrassing for him, although, of course, he didn't know about it, so therefore it wasn't really. But it was a sort of the audio equivalent of someone having a massive amount of food on their face. I wanted to tell him. But it's hard to say that, isn't it? Sorry, mate. Just pop your head, headphones out for a sec. Yeah. Your nose is doing my head in. It's the noisiest nose in the world. And there are Peruvian nose flutists that would be jealous. Have you wedged a harmonical up there? Is that what's going on? Do you want to be a contestant in a show called World's Most Annoying Noise? Because you are doing a great job. Yes, you could. You could. We, we could invent it right now. Let's have a, a mythical show where tone-deaf people use a range of pots, blackboards and kazoos to create a noise more penetrating than a baby with a fever and a megaphone. Yes, because that is how annoying your nose is. It's amazing. I don't know if you had a cold. Because you, have you ever had that where you, you, get, you, get a little, you get a little one and you have to... And you either, you either suck in the bogey that's causing the blockage. Oh, actually, I think I've just had a, I've just had a thought. Because pollution's more intense, the bogies, the boogers, tend to be a bit harder, more sooty and solid. 
and thereby could in fact jam a cavity and cause a whistle. So, another point for Toronto really, isn't it? More likelihood of a whistling nose in London. So, if you're thinking about the move, stay there. <sighs> Slightly losing my mind. Finishing up tonight with news from Canada, and it's narwhal news, my favourite kind of news. What news is there that's better than narwhal news? No news is better than narwhal news. I love a narwhal. Uh, scientists have just found out that narwhals hunt and stab fish with their giant tusks. No one knew this till now, apparently. Yeah, Canadian scientists this week have made a new discovery about narwhals and their crazy, mad eating habit. If you're unfamiliar with narwhals, by the way, also known as unicorns of the sea. Uh, they're whales that live in the Arctic waters and have uh, one massive defining characteristic, a ruddy great tusk. Well, the gents have tusks. The ladies have long blonde hair and pigtails. Actually, I don't think they do. It's just a good alternative fact that I decided to make up. Uh, researchers from Fisheries and Oceans Canada have discovered male narwhals will herd Arctic cod, get super close, and then hard tap them with their tusks and stun them. It's like UFC narwhal. Uh, the narwhals then suck their prey into their mouths and have themselves a meal. Savage. And the narwhal's tusks have long been a mystery to scientists, actually. They have been hypotheses that the porous horn acts like a sensor. Having all those nerves on the outside allows the whale to detect water pressure, temperature and salinity. It might even be able to detect barometric pressure when it's above the water surface. Plus, they look proper cool. Like, I would totally take one to a nightclub as a friend. Uh, however, if the tusk is so important to survival, why don't females have one? This has long been the question. Well, we don't know, says how stuff works. But now, with a new revelation that they're used for hunting, which, looking at them, I would have guessed that. I mean, I'm not being funny. I'm not tr I'm trying to be Barry Big Bananas, but, duh. What else were they for? Not for, really for, it's not a thermometer, is it? What are you on about? Anyway, uh, now that it has come through that, in fact, they are used for hunting. And this is this week is the first time in history that anyone's actually managed to get some footage of a narwhal knocking out a fish. So, you know, the world's a bad, savage place that's going downhill quite quickly. But um, narwhals are catching fish, you know, and it's easy to forget that. So give a narwhal a hug today. I'm quite happy to, in light of this, change... News Talk 1010 to Narwhal Talk 1010. Just for a couple of days. A sort of celebration. <sighs> Big up the Narwhals. Big them up. I leave you with news tonight that I am a hero. An absolute hero, but not a very good one. Uh, last night I went to uh, West London and I'm staying in East London. So crossing London is it's probably about as easy to get to Vancouver. Um... I've realised, which is why they're building a thing called Crossrail. And Crossrail goes deep, deep underneath London from east to west, a long, long way. And it's really going to take a lot of pain off the uh, painful commute that is the underground trains. Hang on a minute. Sorry, I've just caught myself uh, putting down the London transport system 
and then I remembered who I'm talking to. Yes, yeah, you've still got streetcars. Forgot about that. Okay, yeah, they're good. Um, so anyway, like last night, it took a long time to get across town to get back. So I didn't actually get back here till about sort of 2.30 a.m. because I was out for a few beers. And uh, when I came back, I was in that sort of nice, happy, beer, buzzy place, uh, ready to go to bed. And just near where I'm staying in East London, I saw a girl using her phone, using Google Maps to get around this... Uh, rather difficult to get around place and uh, as she was looking at it a motorbike drives past fell her on the back steals a phone just took it straight out of her hand yeah which i don't know if that's normal but it was quite scary for her of course and she went oi that's my effing phone which i'm pretty sure they were well aware of uh, but they rode off on their steel horse with such speed that it was very difficult for her even to contemplate what just happened i witnessed the whole thing so i thought i know i'll be a hero this definitely isn't a bad idea i'll run after the motorbike and then probably push them off at which point they'll probably get up and smash my face in so that's a good idea right also i could also kill them by pushing them off the motorbike but i'm definitely thinking this is a great idea so i ran after them and thankfully their bike was very quick and I'm not that quick so there was no chance of me actually catching up with them so not much of a hero really but it was an attempt problem is running so fast trying to be Mr Hero Pants didn't realise there was a speed hump yeah well you have to sort of rearrange your running I found uh, when you're running over a speed hump uh, you have to allow for it because if you don't I can tell you what will happen I, I now know uh, very very clearly uh, you end up on the floor uh, at which point she came over to me and said did they rob you as well and I said no I was running after you and she went hmm thanks shouldn't have done that I think we can all see that I think we can all see that it didn't go that well so anyway she said thank you and uh, I let her use my phone and get about her business so yeah hopefully that's not a reflection on just the criminality of this city uh, if I'm dead next week you'll know that I was mugged uh but hopefully i'll be back here for the usual shenanigans uh, i'll be back in calendar soon as well uh, although i'm going to be here in london pretty much the whole of summer i'm taking a break to come back to canada it's very complicated honestly don't even worry about it just enjoy the show as best you can and i'll keep making them and hopefully everything will be all right uh thanks so much for listening really do appreciate it the audio quality will get better as i get a better studio each week uh but hopefully we've rattled on through this quite nicely and uh if you do want to listen to this stuff you can always download it at vinnywhite.co.uk Text in 71010, let Pat the producer know what you thought of the show. Thank you, Pat, for doing the producing. And I'll be back here at the same time, same place, 9 o'clock next Sunday. Take care. Bye.